Welcome back to another episode of Control the Chaos Mama. Today we are doing life and launch strategy, not by ourselves, but we have a special Mm -hmm. guest. We have an ADHD clarity coach. Her name is Danae Cannon, and she helps women become experts on their brain so they can thrive with ADHD. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So my name is Danae Cannon, and I actually was an occupational therapist. That's my background and my training. And through my process of having two of my four children diagnosed with ADHD and myself diagnosed with ADHD, I have pivoted. And now I am working full-time as an, as an ADHD coach for women. I love that you're taking a piece of your story and something that was seemingly hard for you to go through. And now you're using it to really use it to help other people. It's that like giving meaning to your hard stuff and helping the person behind you that's in the muck of it and like being a lifeline for them. I totally love that. Yeah. And, um, I actually, you have a podcast and it is called the ADHD crash course, correct? ADHD crash course. Mm -hmm. And in that, um, you did an episode that I was like really excited about, and it was about the six ways that you can manage your energy. And I would love for our audience to learn how to do that, because I feel like if you can learn to manage your energy, whether it's cycle syncing or, you know, knowing more about who you are and building self-awareness, just keep adding to that like toolbox kit of all the ways that you can be mindful of that, that you can end up feeling less burnout and honestly continue and learn and just all the things. I would love for you to tell us more about those. Funny because I think that as ADHD, there's a lot of times we have this reputation of being so energetic that we just, that hyperactive reputation. And a lot of the people that I work with and myself included, just end up dealing with a lot of fatigue. We, we kind of burn ourselves out, exhaust ourselves. And so one of the biggest keys for me in managing my ADHD symptoms is managing my mental energy, managing energy. And so, yeah, we've got six ways that, that we've listed to, to talk about that. The first one is simplifying. And there's lots of ways to simplify. And the biggest thing to keep in your mind is to not get bogged down with being a perfect, simplifying perfectly, because you want to simplify for the purpose of freeing up your energy. And so that means just engineering your life. So you're making less choices, right? Like you want it to be simple. So you're not having to decide in real time. So simple as in I regarding food, maybe I'm making fewer types of meals. I don't have 20 things I'm choosing from. I have my go-tos. I think you told me that you have your go-tos. Oh yeah. Like I have, I feel like I do egg whites with some, everything with the bagel seasoning, some sausage in there. And I'll put a certain um, salsa on top. And that'd be like one of my go-tos or it's all has to do with eggs or I'll do egg sandwich if I'm on the run, or I'll do like a protein, like shake type thing, but they're still like super easy and super, um, you know, like I don't have to think about it. And, um, I definitely feel this when it comes to, I already mentioned before we got on here that like even what I dress, but, and how I just put on workout clothes, cause it's, I'm more likely to go to the gym. And I did an episode a while back where it was like the power of putting my shoes on, but I really feel like it was because I made it less choices of you're leaving. Now <laughs> you're like right. going somewhere. You're going to have moment, more steps. And cause I noticed if I can just get, you know, dressed and get out of the house, even if it's workout clothes that I'll have more steps. And so that's really helped me too. In that way. Yeah. That's the perfect example is almost like a uniform. I'm wearing the same thing. I'm wearing my workout clothes. I'm not deciding. I don't have 20 things I'm deciding between. And so simplifying, but obviously respecting yourself. If you love cooking, if you love, yeah. out, you do it where you make less choices, where you're fine making less choices. And so for me, food's definitely one of them. My clothes too is one of them. Like I have, I free up energy that way. It's made it to where, honestly, I'm looking at my closet and I'm like, I wear the same load of clothes. Why do I have all this stuff? Like, why? That's like, it. Like, I mean, the there's a lot of jeans in there. I can't tell you the last time I wore jeans. Like, really? Why are they there? I don't right. know. Right. There could be like a whole podcast right on that, on simplifying your wardrobe and all I know. that. Now we're going to need a capsule wardrobe challenge or something where you be body double and you have to like help me get rid of this junk. No, yeah. yeah. To whittle it down. So you free up, not 
get on a tangent about simplifying for other reasons. This is just for your energy. And it, it does amazing things for your mental energy when you're not deciding because that burns energy. Deciding burns energy. So yeah, simplifying is a big one. Um, number two is perfectionism, kicking it to the curb, getting rid of it. It is energy vampire number one. And you work with ADHDers and we are some unlikely perfectionists, right? Like that. Yeah, is- you wouldn't think that if you look at me, I don't look like I'm a perfectionist. Right, like, me too. <laughs> like, um, yeah, like I definitely don't. Right. Um, but, but I guess it's us trying to mask. We've masked for it's so true. long to where it's, we're trying to be what we've seen other people do. That could be us trying to overcompensate and be perfect in certain ways. And I mean, I am 38. I had to think about how old I was. I am 38 years old and I feel like I'm still doing that. And, and I don't know if, how do you let that go or what, but I guess it's just like doing what feels natural and not trying to give yourself the time to ruminate and stew on it, I guess. I think letting perfectionism go, like, once again, it could be a whole different, I know it's really a content strategy session, (laughs) but that one is so important. And I think it's funny because a lot of us are moms in that gentleness towards our kids or to other people. It's easy, but it's not easy. Turn back on yourself. It's not automatic. And that awareness of, Oh, here's me being really hard on myself is the first step. I think. Yeah. Maybe even, yeah. So build self-awareness of so you can notice it and either flip it or yeah. um, maybe even think about that. Would you say this to your three-year-old? And if you're, the answer is no, then if you can't say something like super positive, maybe you can just omit the negative of it and let it just be neutral. Like, okay, I'm not loving my legs, but I'm really grateful that I can walk and that they're yeah. serving me well today. Really good point. Cause I think we get perfectionistic about not being perfectionist. And so that we feel like we need to have these flowing positive mantras all the time. Sometimes it's just being able to see something neutral. Yeah. And the toxic positivity comes in and right. I've been there to where it's, and it helps I'm words. So my love language is words. So I need good words in my ears so that to counteract some of the negative. And I've found that that helps me a lot, but it's like just one way, one strategy to beat the perfectionism. And, and it's probably not something you totally beat. It's you have to practice, you know, I think, you, I think you always do. I do. I think you have to practice it. And I do think you get better at it though. I think that if you're aware when you're doing it, if you try to challenge those thoughts, even if it's just with a neutral thought, like, even if it's just like, I did okay. Yeah. And just show yeah. Put it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have simplifying, we have kicking perfectionism to the curb. And then we also have the concept that we were talking about before we started, which is satisficing versus maximizing. And this is not my concept. This is borrowed from a psychologist, but the idea is that when we make a decision that people fall in these two groups, the people that are, it's a made up word, but a satisficer is saying, Hey, I'm going to make a good enough decision and it's going to be good enough. And then the maximizer is someone that's like, I'm going to maximize like every realm of this decision. This is going to be it's going to be the best deal and it's going to be the best value and it's going to be the best quality. And they, they burn up energy maximizing. It can be a very basic decision. Like it doesn't have to be, it could be something like we talked about your shoes. Yeah. With the shoes. shoes. I swear. So I had to get some shoes for my kids. It was a little bit after back to school and I was like, okay, I still never did get them shoes. And I wanted, and Thea's she's two. And I hate spending like 40 bucks on a pair of shoes for a two-year-old. So I was like, okay, I want to find a good deal, but I want them to be comfortable because I don't want those hard shoes. And then I'm like, she wants to wear a dress every day. So I need some that are like, still look good with her dress. <laughs> so like, all this criteria. That is a perfect. And then, like, yeah. And then I ultimately, exactly. And I, I ultimately was like, okay, after days of adding stuff to carts and not following <laughs> through. And then my phone started to die. Like I was at like 2%. And I was like, that's the push that it pushed me to get it through. And then they came and it was all fine. See, and so that's perfect. she won't wear the shoes, those exact shoes that I got. I had to get different ones and take her with me. Cause apparently she's two going on 15, but I did technically buy them. So. Right. And I think that's the, like, that is a similar, I've had that process. A lot of people with our brain types have that where it's hard for them to 
just do a good enough decision. And obviously there's decisions that you're not going to approach that way. Heavy decisions with your business or your family, but there's a lot of decisions that we burn energy on that could be good enough decisions. It ties back into that perfectionism. Like this is good enough. Maybe I could have paid a little bit less, but I'm not spending an hour on it. Exactly. So, so yeah, so that is satisfying and maximizing is a big one. The next one is habits. So anytime now habits, sometimes we cringe with this one because, Oh, I'm not good at habits, but, and habits do take some energy on the front end. Mm-hmm. Right. But what they allow us to do is totally free up mental energy. Cause you're not making decisions. Like this common theme is don't make decisions, <laughs> make quicker. Yeah. Right. And so with habits, you're not, I'm not saying, Oh, like you're talking about you're working out. If you do it in the morning, it's your habit. You're not sitting there. Am I working out? Am I not? Am I, it's just automatic. Well, and I found that I can't, cause there's working out where you go to the gym and you just go anytime you want. And maybe you like do the weights or the elliptical or whatever, but I find that I'm more likely to stick with it if it's a class. And yeah. there does happen where it's okay, Angel, you're 15 minutes late. So I don't do the class and then I'll just <laughs> watch Netflix while I go on the elliptical. But it's the idea of that check in time. And that also I allocate it to other people. So it's almost like a hidden layer of accountability too. I'm going at this time. And so it's happening. It makes it to where we set up probably our brains some automations. You don't have to try to, to decide you're going at this time, probably also making those little micro tasks earlier, like putting on my shoes. Like I mentioned, it's like, oh, oh, your yeah. shoes are on, you're in your workout clothes. You ate the eggs again. <laughs> you might as well do the next step, which is go to the actual gym. Yeah. What you're talking about here is that perfect example of just decreasing friction around a habit. And that makes it much more likely to happen. If you're just, you already have your shoes out, you have your, you've made it just so easy. You don't have, cause friction is what's going to stop that habit from forming. So you've just, you've set yourself up for it. So yeah, habits are a big one. And, um, one that sometimes we're hesitant to leverage because we don't want too many habits. Most of us don't want too much structure, but yeah, just- I like it flexible. <laughs> we want to be able to abandon them when we want to. Yeah. I, I have it's a fine. flexible, right. um, which I always go like lately. I always go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then there's classes that I like in the evening on Tuesday, Thursday, but it's like, those are like, if I feel like it or whatever, or if I don't want photo shoot or whatever the thing is now she's scratching. I don't even know what to do about the stuff. <laughs> oh, sure. I don't- okay. So yeah, but <laughs> So I think part of that also with the habits is like, we're rebelling against them sometimes because it makes us feel like we are like on a, someone is putting, putting something on us. Like we're uh what is that? Like authority, like figure type, type like it you have to do exactly. this and we're trying to have these power and control and it's really, you want the result. So you're the one that is the person in control. So it's, that's not another person. It's you. So let yourself have what you want. And I do that definitely with making that return on the time investment bigger. So like for the gym, Thea can have a playtime. She can get used to other adults. I can have time alone or I'm not alone, but I'm not with my kids. So otherwise we're together all the time and she can't see the shifts of our day. Like I filled her tire tank now. She had socialization. I got away, like away a little bit. It sounds bad. I got away from her. No, like I got time away. I, it's good for ADHD brains to be active. It's good for my Enneagram eight. It's good for so many things. So it's like mental health wise and all that. And of course, physical health and all that too. So I've upped the return on this time investment. So it makes a habit more it worth makes it. a habit more meaningful. And I think that's important for a lot of us is that a habit just to do it because we're supposed to a lot of times is not meaningful enough for us, but a habit that's taking care of us. And you just listed all these ways that it's taking care of you. Oh, yeah, like, And I meet a friend there. So social time. I can't yeah, to that. So that's yeah. really meaningful and likely to kind of stick as a habit. So yeah, using habits is a big one for saving your energy. And then I think we're at number, we're number five now. Yeah. So number five. Yeah. Five. Five is eat the frog. And there's this Mark Twain quote that says, if it's your job to eat a frog, eat it first thing in the morning. If it's your job to eat the largest one first. And the idea here is that, or at least the idea that I take away from this is you, when you carry over things, when you kick the can down the road, that a lot of times 
procrastinating is an energy burner. I'm talking about whether or not it's hard to do the task. We're not even talking about anything about procrastination other than your energy effect. And it, you mentally carry that around with you. Like you have, but I had the example of this IRS task that I had to do several months back. I just put this thing off for an unreal amount of time because it was just going to be a junky task. I was going to have to, it was all unknown. I was going to get frustrated. I knew and it was, I was right. It was like a bunch of steps that were uncomfortable and boring and intimidating and all the bad things. But so I was right about that, but it was like maybe 40 minutes of suffering. It's a lot of suffering. But when you think about, I mentally carried this with me for four months to not do that. Like there was a really big payoff to carry it with me in my energy. Yeah. It probably feels like literal weight on you. And so absolutely, which I feel that sometimes even with small stuff, like returning an Amazon package that is sitting on my bench or making these little tiny tasks, which I talk about cycle syncing a lot. And I found that now I know that I'm more so like in that checking off the boxes for tasks in the luteal phase, especially the beginning. So I almost check out that time. What do I need to get done? Almost. It seems like, and that's where a lot of that checking box, but oh, library books. So many things like the that. Library books. I can't tell you how many library books. I, I'm books. funding the library sometimes. Like, yeah. My- <laughs> I just like to think about it. Okay. I would have paid so much more to, to just buy all book. these books. So now I'm just, I'm investing in our, our library. Well, and now if I leave, so I return Amazon packages, if I didn't want it, or if it wasn't the right thing, I will go to, it'll let you do it at Kohl's and they give you a 25% off coupon. So it's, I'm literally getting a reward system. <laughs> Look at that. You did a hack. There you go. I've made a dopamine hack. There you go. That's awesome. But I definitely think if you eat the frog, as he said, you are doing that harder thing first sometimes too. It's what is the thing that's weighing on you? And it's translates to if you're, when you hit, lay your head on the pillow at night, what do you feel good about completing? Like, and, and sometimes that seems like it's these big tasks, but I think it's almost the small things. And yeah. if I had to think about it, it's really probably goes with the things that take the mental energy. Am I, did I show up for my motherhood or do you, you know, I mean, with working with maybe with my kid with reading or with something like that, or it could be little silly things, like me taking something to the Amazon, but it's, those are things that are running through my head when I should be present probably with the kids. You know what I mean? So it's, you're not really there. Cause you're like going through all of these tasks. And, and I think you've even probably seen like the TikToks or the memes where it's, you're, they're about to go to sleep and someone with ADHD is about to go to sleep and they're just laying there with like all these things in their mind. And oh. it's, if you can get rid of some of those little tasks, I feel like that frees up some of that space. Cause it's like that feeling of I'm done. I with photography, I built too. Like when you finally have everything edited and delivered before you have another session, you almost feel like I can breathe. <laughs> like I, what, what can I do with my time? Cause it yeah. is stealing away the mental energy. I know that's the thing. I think sometimes, cause it's not visible. It's hard to remember that. And it, and we think I need to finish these steps, my photography, because I should, and I have to, but when you think you reframe it, that you are doing this to take care of yourself, you're doing this to conserve your energy. And sometimes and that kind of leads into the next one is the next point was respecting and honoring your energy. Sometimes the answer is putting off that task because you're not in the place to deal with it. And that's fine. That is the final way to, to manage your mental energy is to check in with yourself, honor where you are and don't just push on through and make yourself push through things. Uh, so the flip side, right. Of the last one is don't push through to the extreme that you're not in sync with what you need. If you need rest, if you need. And that could even be outsourcing, or it could be like not doing it that way. Like you don't have to do, there's a way to where let's talk about podcasting. Like I can come all the way down to the basement where it's quiet and I have my mic and have it all down here. Or I can like, when I get a good idea or something inspiration hits, I can go into the office with my phone and just let it be okay. Do you know what I mean? I think that's that whole letting, you know, what is the quote? It's like the enemy of done the enemy of, I don't know, basically you get it done instead of it being perfect. So it's like an honor your energy. 
And who is telling you, you got to do all these things. We're putting it on ourselves. And so take that control back a little bit and just realize that you have control over more than what you think. What will happen if you don't do this thing? I heard somewhere an example that was like, someone had something all day. Like they were like, oh, I can't do that. I have to do this and this. And you have this basically wasted day. What would happen if on that same day, like you're refrigerator broke or some big catastrophe happened in your house like what would you still be doing all these tasks no like they would be moved so use that control you technically could move them or just or decide that that you want to do them because in some just change the way you think about it or change it literally so yeah yeah it's it's funny like last week my daughter had a chorus performance and we were both exhausted. Like we had not slept. Like she was, we weren't really sure she was coming down with something. I hadn't slept. And we were just like, we're not pushing through. We're not doing this one. And it definitely could have been a moment where we should, we quote unquote, should have pushed through. The expectation was that they were going to push through. And I was not, my husband's like, I can't believe you blew off the concert. But I'm like, this is really how we honored our energy. She wasn't in a good place. I wasn't. And so we opted out of it to kind of honor where we were with just not feeling well enough, not feeling energetic enough to go and do that concert. And so I think listening to your own body, giving yourself rest helps you protect your energy overall. You're not, and you talk about too, like your authority, listening to your authority, tuning into cycles and that it's not, I'm not as knowledgeable about that, but it's the same idea yeah. of that respecting the information you're getting from your, your body basically. And increasing that intentional part. It's no, you didn't blow it off. You intentionally checked in with yourself and your daughter and you decided that it wasn't worth the energy to put that in the effects of that. I might have to get my dog out of here. She's killing me. I love all of these, honestly, and I can't wait to implement so many. I noticed that some of them I, I, I are, I am doing, but I'm not maybe doing as fully or I'm still giving myself a hard time whenever it comes to it. So I definitely want to do a check on this. Even when it comes to the smaller things, like would creating a capsule wardrobe be good for you? Would eating the same thing for breakfast or having those go-tos be easier? Which I found that like my son, he can eat free lunch at school, but for some reason he like loves me to pack, which is fine, but you're getting like two options. Do you want this or this, or do you want to pack? Do you know what I mean? And so it's just making it easier for us, giving us ourselves grace, like, and, and not being our own worst credit. Cause I think that we could all use a little grace. So I totally agree. Totally so agree. I, I know my audience are, is they're going to want to go see your show or listen to your show. They're also going to want to come and find you. Where can they find you? So I have a website. It's the ADHDclaritycoach.com. And they can go directly on my site. I have blog articles, information about coaching, information about ADHD and women. And then they can also listen to my podcast. I'm on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And that's ADHD Crash Course. All right. Sounds good. I thank you so much for um, sharing all that and for being a support system for women with ADHD. And then for everyone in the audience, I just want to wish you joy and abundance. Angel. I love that you're taking a piece of your story and something that was seemingly hard for you to go through. And now you're using it to really use it to help other people. It's that like giving meaning to your hard stuff and helping the person behind you that's in the muck of it and like being a lifeline for them. I totally love that. It absolutely is. It's, it's what gives you passion. Yeah. And um, I actually, you have a podcast and it is called the ADHD Crash Course, correct? ADHD Crash Course. Mm-hmm. And in that, um, you did an episode that I was like really excited about. And it was about the six ways that you can manage your energy. I would love for our audience to learn how to do that because I feel like if you can learn to manage your energy, whether it's cycle syncing or, you know, knowing more about who you are and building self-awareness, just keep adding to that like toolbox kit of all the ways that you can be mindful of that, that you can end up feeling less burnout yeah. and honestly continue in, in learn and just all the things avoid the burnout and all that so I would love for you to tell us more about those 
Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So that episode was one that I did about managing energy. And it's funny because I think that as ADHDers, a lot of times we have this reputation of being so energetic that we just, that hyperactive reputation. And a lot of the people that I work with and myself included just end up dealing with a lot of fatigue. We, we kind of burn ourselves out, exhaust ourselves. And so one of the biggest keys for me in managing my ADHD symptoms is managing my mental energy, managing energy. And so, yeah, we've got six ways that, that we've listed to, to talk about that. The first one is simplifying and there's lots of ways to simplify. And the biggest thing to keep in your mind is to not get bogged down with being a perfect, simplifying perfectly, because you want to simplify for the purpose of freeing up your energy. And so that means just engineering your life. So you're making less choices, right? Like you want it to be simple. So you're not having to decide in real time. So simple as in I regarding food, maybe I'm making fewer types of meals. I don't have 20 things I'm choosing from. I have my go-tos. I think you told me that you have your go-tos. Oh yeah. Like I have, I feel like I do egg whites with some, everything but the bagel seasoning, some sausage in there. And I'll put a certain um, salsa on top. And that'd be like one of my go-tos or it's all has to do with eggs or I'll do egg sandwich if I'm on the run, or I'll do like a protein, like shake type thing, so, but they're still like super easy and super, um, you know, like I don't have to think about it. And, um, I definitely feel this when it comes to, I already mentioned before we got on here that like even what I dress, but, and how I just put on workout clothes, cause it's like, I'm more likely yeah. to go to the gym. And I did an episode a while back where it was like the power of putting my shoes on, but I really feel like it was because I made it less choices of you're leaving now <laughs> you're like right. going somewhere. You're going to have a moment more steps. And cause I noticed if I can just get, you know, dressed and get out of the house, even if it's workout clothes that I'll have more steps. And so that's really helped me too. In that way. Yeah. That's the perfect example is almost like a uniform. I'm wearing the same thing. I'm wearing my workout clothes. I'm not deciding. I don't have 20 things I'm deciding between. And so simplifying, but obviously respecting yourself. If you love cooking, if you love yeah. out, you do it where you make less choices, where you're fine making less choices. And so for me, food's definitely one of them. My clothes too is one of them. Like I have, I free up energy that way. It's made it to where, honestly, I'm looking at my closet and I'm like, I wear the same load of clothes. Why do I have all this <laughs> Like, why? That's like, it. Like, I mean, there's all the jeans in there. I can't tell you the last time I wore jeans. Like, really? Why are they there? I don't right. know. Right. There could be like a whole podcast right on that, on simplifying your wardrobe and all I know. that. Now we're going to need a capsule wardrobe challenge or something where you be body double and you have to like help me get rid of this junk. No. Yeah. To whittle it down. So you free up, not on a tangent about simplifying for other reasons. This is just for your energy. And it, it does amazing things for your mental energy when you're not deciding because that burns energy. Deciding burns energy. So yeah, simplifying is a big one. Um, number two is perfectionism, kicking it to the curb, getting rid of it. It is energy vampire number one. And you work with ADHDers and we are some unlikely perfectionists, right? Like that Yeah, is- you wouldn't think that if you look at me, I don't look like I'm a perfectionist. Right, like, me I mean, too. like, um, yeah, like I definitely don't. Right. Um, but, but I guess it's us trying to mask and to become, that was my dog moaning. Sorry. <laughs> this squirrel to where it was like, totally lost my thought. She wasn't very comfortable. <laughs> Come on. She's not laying on my feet. I don't even know. She's my co-host. Welcome Coda Frey. Would you say masking, right? Yeah. Like oh yeah. So we've masked for so long to where it's, we are trying to be what, what we've seen other people do. And that could be us trying to overcompensate and be perfect in certain ways. And I mean, I am 38. I had to think about how old I was. I am 38 years old and I feel like I'm still doing that. And, and I don't know if, how do you let that go or what, but I guess it's just like doing what feels natural and not trying to give yourself the time to ruminate and stew on I'm it, not, I guess. I think letting perfectionism go, like, as a, once again, it could be a whole different, I know I like, it's really a content strategy <laughs> session, <laughs> but that one is so important. And I think 
it's funny because a lot of us are moms in that gentleness towards our kids or to other people. It's easy, but it's not easy. Turn back on yourself. It's not automatic. And that awareness of, oh, here's me being really hard on myself is the first step, I think. Yeah, maybe even, yeah, so build self-awareness of so you can notice it and either flip it or yeah. um, maybe even think about that. Would you say this to your three-year-old? And if you're, the answer is no, then if you can't say something like super positive, maybe you can just not omit the negative of it and let it just be neutral. Like, I'm not loving my legs, but I'm really grateful that I can walk and that they're yeah. serving me well today. Really good point. Cause I think we get perfectionistic about not being perfectionist. And so that we feel like we need to have these flowing positive mantras all the time. And sometimes it's just being able to see something neutral. Yeah. And the toxic positivity comes in and right. I've been there to where it's and it helps. I'm words. So my love language is words. So I need good words in my ears so that to counteract some of the negative. And I've found that, that helps me a lot, but it's like just one way, one strategy to beat the perfectionist. And, and it's probably not something you totally beat. It's you have to practice, you know, I think, you, I think you always do. I do. I think you have to practice it. And I do think you get better at it though. I think that if you're aware when you're doing it, if you try to challenge those thoughts, even if it's just the neutral thought, like, even if it's just like, I did. Okay. Yeah. And just show. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have simplifying, we have kicking perfectionist into the curb. And then we also have the concept that we were talking about before we started, which is satisficing versus maximizing. And this is not my concept. This is borrowed from a psychologist, but the idea is that when we make a decision that people fall in these two groups, the people that are, it's a made up word, but a satisficer is saying, Hey, I'm going to make a good enough decision and it's going to be good enough. And then the maximizer is someone says, I'm going to maximize like every realm of this decision. This is going to be it's going to be the best deal and it's going to be the best value and it's going to be the best quality. And they, they burn up energy maximizing. It can be a very basic decision. Like it doesn't have to be, it could be something like we talked about your shoes. Yeah. With the shoes. shoes. I swear. So I had to get some shoes for my kids. It was a little bit after back to school and I was like, okay, I still never did get them shoes. And I wanted, and Thea's she's two. And I hate spending like 40 bucks on a pair of shoes for a two-year-old. So I was like, okay, I want to find a good deal, but I want them to be comfortable because I don't want those hard shoes. And then I'm like, she wants to wear a dress every day. So I need some that are like, still look good with her dress. <laughs> so like, all this criteria. That is a perfect. And then, like, yeah. and then I ultimately, exactly. And I, I ultimately was like, okay, after days of adding stuff to carts and not <laughs> following through. And then my phone started to die. Like I was at like 2%. And I was like, that's the push that it pushed me to get it through. And then they came and it was all fine. See, and so that's perfect. she won't wear the shoes, those exact shoes that I got. I had to get different ones and take her with me. Cause apparently she's still going on 15, but I did technically buy them. <laughs> so Right. And I think that's the, like, that is a similar, I've had that process. A lot of people with our brain types have that where it's hard for them to just do a good enough decision. And obviously there's decisions that you're not going to approach that way. Heavy decisions yeah. with your business or your family, but there's a lot of decisions that we burn energy on that could be you know, good enough decisions. It ties back into that perfectionism. Like this is good enough. Maybe I could have paid a little bit less, but I'm not spending an hour on it. Exactly. So, so yeah, so that is satisfying and maximizing is a big one. The next one is habits. So anytime now habits, sometimes we cringe with this one because, oh, I'm not good at habits, but, and habits do take some energy on the front end, mm -hmm. right? But what they allow us to do is totally free up mental energy because you're not making decisions. Like this common theme is don't make decisions, <laughs> make quicker yeah. decisions, right? And so with habits, you're not, I'm not saying, oh, like you're talking about your working out. If you do it in the morning, it's your habit. You're not sitting there. Am I working out? Am I not? Am I, it's just automatic. Well, and I found that I can't. Cause there's working out where you go to the gym and you just like go anytime you want. And maybe you like do the weights or the elliptical or whatever, but I find that I'm more likely to stick with it if it's a class and yeah. there does happen where it's okay, Angel, you're 15 minutes late. So I don't do the class and then I'll just <laughs> watch Netflix while I go on the elliptical. But it's the idea of that check in time. And that also I allocate it to other people. So it's almost like a hidden layer of accountability too. 
I'm going at this time. And so it's happening. It makes it to where we set up probably our brains and automations. You don't have to try to, to decide you're going at this time, probably also making those little micro tasks earlier, like putting on my shoes. Like I mentioned, it's all, oh, your yeah. shoes are on, you're in your workout clothes. You ate the eggs again. <laughs> you might as well do the next step, which is go to the actual gym. Yeah. What you're talking about here is that perfect example of just decreasing friction around a habit. And that makes it much more likely to happen. If you're just, you already have your shoes out, you have your, you've made it just so easy. You don't have, cause friction is what's going to stop that habit from forming. So you've just, you've set yourself up for it. So yeah, habits are a big one. And, um, one that sometimes we're hesitant to leverage because we don't want too many habits. Most of us don't want too much structure, but yeah, just- I like it flexible. So <laughs> we want to be able to abandon them when we want to. Yeah. I, I have it's a fine. flexible, right. um, which I always go like lately. I always go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then there's classes that I like in the evening on Tuesday, Thursday, but it's like, those are like, if I feel like it or whatever, or if I don't want photo shoot or whatever the thing is now she's scratching. I don't even know what to do about the stuff. Oh, <laughs> I don't Okay. So yeah, but <laughs> So I think part of that also with the habits is like, we're rebelling against them sometimes because it makes us feel like we are like on a, someone is putting, putting something on us. Like we're uh what is that? Like authority, like figure type, type like it you have to do exactly. this and we're trying to have these power and control and it's really, you want the result. So you're the one that is the person in control. So it's, that's not another person. It's you. So let yourself have what you want. And I do that definitely with making that return on the time investment bigger. So like for the gym, Thea can have a playtime. She can get used to other adults. I can have time alone or I'm not alone, but I'm not with my kids. So otherwise we're together all the time and she can't see the shifts of our day. Like I filled her tire tank now. She had socialization. I got away, like away a little bit. It sounds bad. I got away from her. No, like I got time away. I, it's good for ADHD brains to be active. It's good for my Enneagram eight. It's good for so many things. So it's like mental health wise and all that. And of course, physical health and all that too. So I've upped the return on this time investment. So it makes a habit more worth it. It makes a habit more meaningful. And I think that's important for a lot of us is that a habit just to do it because we're supposed to a lot of times is not meaningful enough for us, but a habit that's taking care of us. And you just listed all these ways that it's taking care of you. Oh, yeah. And I meet a friend there. So social time. I can't yeah. to that. So that's yeah. really meaningful and likely to kind of stick as a habit. So yeah, using habits is a big one for saving your energy. And then I think we're at number, we number five now. Yeah. So number five. Yeah. Five. Five is eat the frog. And there's this Mark Twain quote that says, if it's your job to eat a frog, eat it first thing in the morning. If it's your job to eat the largest one first. And the idea here is that, or at least the idea that I take away from this is you, when you carry over things, when you kick the can down the road, that a lot of times procrastinating is an energy burner. I'm talking about whether or not it's hard to do the task. We're not even talking about anything about procrastination other than your energy effect. And it you mentally carry that around with you. Like you have, but I had the example of this IRS task that I had to do several months back. I just put this thing off for an unreal amount of time because it was just going to be a junky task. I was going to have to, it was all unknown. I was going to get frustrated. I knew, and and it was, I was right. It was like a bunch of steps that were uncomfortable and boring and intimidating and all the bad things. But so I was right about that, but it was like maybe 40 minutes of suffering. It's a lot of suffering. But when you think about, I mentally carried this with me for four months to not do that. Like there was a really big payoff to carry it with me in my energy. Yeah. So it probably feels like literal weight on you. And so absolutely, which I feel that sometimes even with small stuff, like returning an Amazon package that is sitting on my bench or making these little tiny tasks, which I talk about cycle syncing a lot. And I found that now I know that I'm more so like in that checking off the boxes for tasks in the luteal phase, especially the beginning. So I almost check out that time 
what do I need to get done? Almost it seems like, and that's where a lot of that checking box, but oh, library books, all, so many things like the that. Library are, books. I can't tell you how many library books. I, I'm funding the library sometimes. Like, yeah. my, <laughs> I just like to think about it. Okay. I would have paid so much more to, to just buy all book. these books. So now I'm just, I'm investing in our, our library. Well, and now if I leave, so I return Amazon packages, if I didn't want it, or if it wasn't the right thing, I will go to, it'll let you do it at Kohl's and they give you a 25% off coupon. So it's, I'm literally getting a reward system. <laughs> Look at that. You did a hack. There you go. I've made a dopamine hack. There. That's awesome. But I definitely think if you eat the frog, as he said, you are doing that harder thing first sometimes too. It's like, what is the thing that's weighing on you? And it's translate to if you're, when you hit, lay your head on the pillow at night, what do you feel good about completing? Like, and, and sometimes that seems like it's these big tasks, but I think it's almost the small things. And yeah. if I had to think about it, it's really probably goes with the things that take the mental energy. Am I, did I show up for my motherhood or do you, you know, I mean, with working with maybe with my kid with reading or with something like that, or it could be little silly things. Like me taking something to the Amazon, but it's, those are things that are running through my head when I should be present probably with the kids. You know what I mean? So it's, you're not really there. Cause you're like going through all of these tasks. And, and I think you've even probably seen like the TikToks or the memes where it's, you're, they're about to go to sleep and someone with ADHD is about to go to sleep and they're just laying there with like all these things in their mind. And it's, if you can get rid of some of those little tasks, I feel like that frees up some of that space. Cause it's like that feeling of I'm done. I with photography, I built too. Like when you finally have everything edited and delivered before you have another session, you almost feel like I can breathe. <laughs> like I, what, what can I do with my time? Cause it yeah. is stealing away the mental energy. I know that's the thing I think sometimes, cause it's not visible. It's hard to remember that. And it, and we think I need to finish these steps, my photography, because I should, and I have to, but when you think you reframe it, that you are doing this to take care of yourself, you're doing this to conserve your energy. And sometimes, and that kind of leads into the next one is the next point was respecting and honoring your energy. Sometimes the answer is putting off that task because you're not in the place to deal with it. And that's fine. That is the final way to, to manage your mental energy is to check in with yourself, honor where you are and don't just push on through and make yourself push through things. Uh, so it's the flip side, right? Of the last one is don't push through to the extreme that you're not in sync with what you need. If you need rest, if you need. And that could even be outsourcing, or it could be like not doing it that way. Like you don't have to do, there's a way to where let's talk about podcasting. Like I can come all the way down to the basement where it's quiet and I have my mic and have it all down here. Or I can like, when I get a good idea or something inspiration hits, I can go into the office with my phone and just let it be okay. Do you know what I mean? I think that's that whole letting, you know, what is the quote? It's like the enemy of done the enemy of, I don't know, basically you get it done instead of it being perfect. So it's like and honor your energy and who is telling you, you got to do all these things. We're putting it on ourselves. And so take that control back a little bit and just realize that you have control over more than what you think. What will happen if you don't do this thing? I heard somewhere an example that was like, someone had something all day. Like they were like, Oh, I can't do that. I have to do this and this. And you have this basically wasted day. What would happen if on that same day, like you're refrigerator broke or some big catastrophe happened in your house like what would you still be doing all these tasks no like they would be moved so use that control you technically could move them or just or decide that that you want to do them because in some just change the way you think about it or change it literally so yeah yeah it's it's funny like last week my daughter had a chorus performance and we were both exhausted. Like we had not slept. Like she was, we weren't really sure she was coming down with something. I hadn't slept. And we were just like, we're not pushing through. We're not doing this one. And it definitely could have been a moment where we should have, we quote unquote should have pushed through. The expectation was that they were going to push through. And I was not, 
my husband's like, I can't believe you blew off the concert, but I'm like, this is really how we honored our energy. She wasn't in a good place. I wasn't. And so we opted out of it to kind of honor where we were, but just not feeling well enough, not feeling energetic enough to go and do that concert. And so I think listening to your own body, giving yourself rest helps you protect your energy overall. You're not, and you talk about too, like your authority, listening to your authority, tuning into cycles and that it's not, I'm not as knowledgeable about that, but it's the same idea yeah. of that respecting the information you're getting from your, your body basically. And increasing that intentional part. It's no, you didn't blow it off. You intentionally checked in with yourself and your daughter and you decided that it wasn't worth the energy to put that in the effects of that. I might have to get my dog out of here. She's killing me. I love all of these, honestly, and I can't wait to implement so many. I noticed that some of them I, I, I are, I am doing, but I'm not maybe doing as fully or I'm still giving myself a hard time whenever it comes to it. So I definitely want to do a check on this, even when it comes to the smaller things, like would creating a capsule wardrobe be good for you? Would eating the same thing for breakfast or having those go-tos be easier? Which I found that like my son, he can eat free lunch at school, but for some reason he like loves me to pack, which is fine, but you're getting like two options. Do you want this or this, or do you want to pack? Do you know what I mean? And so it's just making it easier for us, giving us ourselves grace, like, and, and not being our own worst credit. Cause I think that we could all use a little grace. So I totally agree. Totally so agree. I, I know my audience are, is they're going to want to go see your show or listen to your show. They're also going to want to come and find you. Where can they find you? So I have a website. It's the ADHD clarity coach.com. And they can go directly on my site. I have blog articles, information about coaching, information about ADHD and women. And then they can also listen to my podcast. I'm on Spotify and Apple podcasts and Stitcher and that's ADHD crash course. All right. Sounds good. I thank you so much for um, sharing all the, and for being a support system for women with ADHD. And then for everyone in the audience, I just want to wish you joy and abundance angel. <laughs>